Welcome into another edition of the Hops and Spirits Bar Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Green. We've got a great lineup for you tonight. It's another flight night bourbon style. We'll be talking with the co-founders from Bespoken Spirits. If you haven't heard about them, you're in for a treat. They do things just a tad different than what you're used to. Don't forget to check out our partners, Nose Your Bourbon. That's right, nose like you're on the on the on your face. N-O-S-E. Uh, they have the bourbon nosing kit, which contains 18 of the most commonly found aromas in bourbon. It really has helped me pick up those nuanced uh, smells that actually make me sound like I know what I'm doing uh, because when I first started I had no clue how everyone was getting those unique smells uh, but it is a great kit go to knowsyourbourbon.com for the nosing kit they have an expansion pack and a whole lot of other goodies that's knowsyourbourbon n-o-s-e your bourbon they're also on instagram and all of social media we're also on social media at hop spirits all one word uh, but we're here for a flight nine i don't want to waste any more time because this is what what is a lot of fun and if you're watching you can see there's a, a good group here tonight and i'm going to introduce my panel first before i get to our guests because i'm going to screw up some names here but i don't think i will on a panel uh depending on where, where it is on the screen you got chris better known as jeff the rabbit who has hosted Chug and Chat on Instagram on Sundays. Chris, good to see you again. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me back. Always a pleasure. I uh, look forward to trying this, this new whiskey. We also have Ariella, or A, better known as Influenski on Instagram. A, welcome back. Thank you for having me back. Good to see you. And no D this week. Uh, he, he is behaving himself. That, that's what I, I'll say. Uh, for for that no no D on the panel this week but our guests we got two of them so we kind of have a full crew first up I'm going to screw up the name co-founder and I believe a material scientist if I, am I correct on that Martin Yanoski Yanoski <laughs> how close was I not even close not even close Yanoshik <laughs> Yanoshik see <laughs> and I had it there too and I couldn't do it welcome in Martin <laughs> thank you so much for having us and also co-founder and seasoned entrepreneur, Stu Aaron. See, I don't think I screwed that one up. It's a lot easier. <laughs> well, welcome in, guys. Um, I, I guess let's, we're just going to jump right into uh, kind of what we got. We got four tonight, so we, we've got a lot. The first, first one up, if you're watching, is this nice little pink label. It's a special batch. Um, now, kind of what's unique about Bespoken is they don't take the two years uh, or longer that most do, and we'll be talking about that. But can you guys talk a little bit about the uh, uh, the special batch? Yeah, yeah, love to. Uh, thank you. So it's actually made from a it's actually made from a bourbon mash. It's a, it's a, it's a high Y twenty one Y, um, uh, the four malt or five malt. I always forget uh, between it's actually a spirit um, that originated from 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 MGP. And, and this was actually part of one of our customer projects that we worked on. And when I when I when I smelled this batch, uh, it reminded me of a, of a very well known Japanese whiskey. So we call this our uh, Japanese inspired um, uh, whiskey because yeah, primarily because it reminded me of that specific uh, whiskey type. And it's uh, I hope you're gonna agree it's very floral. Right, it's 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 high on it's high on foodiness. Right, I think it has a nice um, uh, vanilla finish, and this is a spirit. Uh, so we started from a from a white spirit here. Uh, technically, we actually have to pass it through a barrel to be able to call it a whiskey, and then we do we use our we use our maturation process, which we're probably going to talk about a little bit more in detail later. But this took us about uh, three days to make this to make this whiskey. So it was aged for three days, and that's it. Is that correct? We call it mat we call it matured for three days. Matured for three days. <laughs> technically, according to the TDB, we can't claim any age <laughs> unless it's in the barrel. It's very like looking at the color just off the bat. Very light. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh wow, it's three days though. I would not guess it's three days. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. It's uh it's definitely got a nice bit of sweetness. I, I get the floral notes. Yeah. 
And I think I know which Japanese whiskey you're referring okay. to. Okay, I was wondering if, if if you would agree that it reminds me of something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she, yeah she, very she's very pretty. That you had before. Yeah, she she's our expert on Japanese whiskeys and other. Uh, I don't want to say random whiskeys, but she has a very wide range of interest wine you name it um a, a brings a lot to, to that one of the so, things that that really blows a lot of people away and i think you'll see this as we go through the tasting is that this same white spirit was used to make both this japanese inspired whiskey as well as the bourbon that you're going to taste in a little bit and those two products could not be more different in terms of sensory profile aroma color taste yet they both started with the exact same white spirit. And that really speaks to the, the power of this craft maturation process that we've developed to really let us control maturation to get you know, the, the, the exact results that we're looking for. Well, I, I was going to say, let's, let's kind of hop right into that as, as we also talk about kind of what we're, we're getting here. Aging it in hours or days instead of years, how? How, <laughs> how does that happen? Yeah. And, and again, the first thing to, to, to highlight is, as Martin said, it's really, it's maturation. It's not aging, right? Maturation is what happens over time when, when traditional products are, are aged. We're, we're achieving that maturation by taking more precise control of the process. We actually use the exact same traditional elements that go into barrel aging in, in, in terms of we only use source spirit and wood, and then we use toast and chars as treatments to the wood. We don't use any additives. We don't use any chemicals. We've just reimagined the process to painstakingly source the raw materials, to craft the wood blends that we use in, in, in making our spirit, and then to control the environment to, to, to you know, precisely control the, uh, the chemical reactions that occur to get the results that we want. So it's almost like rather than putting the spirit in the barrel and then waiting, hopefully, but helplessly for nature to take its course, we instead deconstructed the barrel put the barrel and the spirit together in our machine um, and we, we you know, control the, the process precisely to craft a result. It's a creative process, not a, sub, not a subtractive or a filtering process. And we call the process craft maturation. And it's really about bringing the same level of craft and creativity that has historically only been applied to fermentation and distillation Finally, to maturation, which is arguably where the majority of a spirit's value gets created because it's where the, the majority of the aroma, color, and, 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 uh, and taste get instilled into that, that, that spirit. Yeah, and Jonathan, the idea came really out of a, out of a wine and whiskey club where, where, we were, where we were talking first actually about wines. I wanted to have some of the nice unaffordable Bordeaux wines, right? And then we said, okay, how much do we need to spend? And then somebody said, oh yeah, you can buy, uh, what year was it? Let's say 2015, right? Uh, Chateau Margaux for 800 bucks, right? Or if, if we all put together, right, we can buy a bottle, but then somebody said, yeah, but then we need to wait 20 years, right? Before we, at least that's what they tell us, right? Before we should drink it, right? And then we said, okay, so we need to buy a 20 year old, Right, and we're like, okay, now we're well, 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 gonna spend two thousand bucks, right, on a twenty-year-old wine. And then the discussion came about whiskeys, right, and spirit. Same thing, right? Why is there such a price difference between twelve and fifteen years? And it kind of, that kind of started the whole idea with today's technology that we have available, right? The material science, the analytical methods that we have, and the data, the data science that that, that has developed so strongly over the past over the past, let's say, 10, 15 years. Why we should be able to do this to do this in a different way and and the fascinating part about it is not really that it just takes three days right but the fascinating part is that three days gives you a learning cycle that is hundreds or a thousand times faster than today's uh, uh, traditional industry and those learning cycles enable you to really really learn and get data and get knowledge right rather than being uh, experience driven Right? Because if you have to wait 10 years, 20 years, right, you just have to listen to somebody else how to do things. And, and so I, so being a material scientist, I kind of understood that immense power, if you can learn so fast, what that would mean for being able to create all kinds of things and spirits that nobody has tried uh, before. What are you thinking there, eh? 
No, so I so I'm an engineer myself. I'm a mechanical engineer. So I did read a, a little bit about Bespoken before this in terms of kind of how you guys kind of started in terms of the Silicon Valley of the um, kind of whiskey matru- maturation as a service. So just in terms of kind of data and analytics, I mean, what are some of the things that you guys are currently doing with all those data, um, matching it to the changing customer preference? I mean, like, like as a whiskey drinker or bourbon drinker, American bourbon drinker, there's some specific, very specific kind of profiles that bourbon drinkers would want. And I feel like it's ever changing um, year by year with the different uh, type of cast maturation or just the proof points. Yeah, I mean, we, we gather tons of data, right? We, we do a chemical fingerprint on every source spirit that we work with, every resultant spirit that we create from that spirit. And we're also able to, to, to map that data to customer preferences and recipes and results. And we can use all of that data for, for better customer intimacy and analytics. We can use that data for designing other recipes to, to meet uh, specific you know, requests or profiles. Um, and you know, it allows us to take advantage of, as Martin said, this incredibly fast learning cycle. It allowed us, you know, in the first cool. couple of years of the company, we did so much experimentation. We probably produced you know, more spirits in, in, in our first couple of years than most major brands have produced in their entire lives uh, because we could and we could learn from that very quickly. I like, often like to describe our company as a cross between 23andMe, Nespresso, and Impossible Foods. Right? We're like 23andMe in that with all this data that we gather, we're, like, we're mapping the spirit's genome, if you will. Right? We're like Nespresso because our machine, the, the activator, takes in the spirit and, and this handcrafted uh, microstave we call mixture for each of our recipes. And that's kind of like the pot, if you will, in an espresso um, and, you know, press a button. And in a couple of days out comes the, uh, the, the desired spirit. And we're like impossible foods because we're bringing more art and science to a, uh, a, a process that hasn't had a lot of, uh, a lot of science or sustainability applied to it historically. Yeah, I was going to say the, typically the, the one tough part with this industry is time. I mean, time is money and it's very, very expensive to, to launch and then wait or, you know, you got to source and while, while other things go. So it's a, it's a tough go. Chris, what, what are you thinking on something that's three days old? Um, it's, it, it's good. You know, it's kind of surprised me. It's, it's, I wouldn't expect this from three days. You know, it, um, it's crazy science and technology. I would have never expected it. Um, now, if you guys like, so you guys can target specific flavor profiles to make certain batches and things like that. If you had like a, you know, request board or a market for it. That's right. You know, we, we, we sell our own bespoken breaded spirits, which is obviously what we're tasting today, but about half of our business is doing work behind the scenes for other distillers, rectifiers, retailers, celebrities, you know, you name it. And when we're doing work for those mm-hmm. folks, they're generally coming in and saying, this is what I've got and this is what I want it to become, right? And sometimes they know exactly what they want. I want this much vanilla. I want this much caramel. I want this much citrus. Yep. Most of the time they say, I want it to be like this. And they either hold up a, you know, something they've made in the past or some other brand that they're trying to, to be in the same ballpark with. And we use that guidance and all of our data to you know, produce samples and, 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 you know, build some experiments and get their feedback and hone in on what they're, what they're looking for. And once we've, you know, honed in on what they're looking for, we take that recipe and we scale it up into production. It, it's amazing. Uh, again, we were talking beforehand, technology is crazy, great when it works, frustrating when it doesn't, but it's also really cool to see what you can apply it to. Um, next, I guess we'll go to our second pour. Um, it's this nice pink label for those watching or bl- purple. My goodness. purple. Uh, <laughs> pink is what we just had. I'm having a great <laughs> night, guys. I really haven't had that much. Experience. You must have tried them before. <laughs> uh, this is the American light whiskey, which I, up until this year, I'd never heard of anything called a light whiskey, but I, I have seen a few others do that. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the light whis- mm-hmm. whiskey? Yeah. Yeah. So we actually started from a mesh pillar with 99 corn. And I always tell people have to disappoint them. It's not light on calories. So <laughs> right, the reason it's been called in the industry, right, is because it's been distilled 
to significantly higher proof. As you probably know, bourbon, you can't go above 160 proof. And this one was actually distilled to 189%, right? What that does is uh, it removes a lot of the congeners, right? That give you like a headsy or give you a harsh uh, mouthfeel, even, 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 even. Uh, when you smell it on your nose. And this one was bottled at the 50, at the 50%. So it sounds not a lot um, more than 45, right? Than what we had before. But as, you, as you're probably familiar, every every percentage makes a big difference. But I think what you're gonna see is that with the with the wood treatment that we used and with the with the starting spirit, that that the finish is, is very, very smooth on the spirit, even though it's at 50% proof. We kind of decided to do 50, uh, primarily driven by a little bit of uh, history and bottled in bond, right? Uh, people love the 100% proof, but also uh, to give people the opportunity to kind of to kind of add some water to it and actually see how the spirit changes. Uh, like we just had last night a whiskey tasting where somebody said, "Oh my God, I just put in a couple a couple of milliliters right of water and this is a completely different spirit." So it's a really really nice experience and 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 that's why we bought a little bit on, on the on the higher end so that the consumer can kind of try and see what they actually prefer. This one's a little bit sweeter than some of the other ones you're gonna you're gonna taste. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's for me. It's all. I always call it marzipan, whether it's almond or marzipan. But this one is just overwhelming me to me. It's always my my more or less my my dominant expression. But not everybody gets that. Uh, I would love I to, love to hear what you guys are getting on the nose. Yeah, I definitely smell vanilla for sure. Like it's a nice yeah. kind of like sweetness. Yeah, it's that's a, one, yeah, that vanilla comes amazingly out on this particular spirit when you make a whiskey sour, for instance. It, the vanilla, I have no idea. I haven't thought about it yet. Why it comes so out when you add a little bit of acidity or whiskey sour? It's, it's like nothing, nothing else I ever had from a from a from a whiskey sour from a vanilla aroma that comes with it. Oh yeah, it'll um, be really good in a whiskey sour, I think. Yeah, that's Stu's favorite. <laughs> this one is my personal favorite. Yeah, and then a whiskey sour. Just uh, I could I could kick back with those any any day. Yeah, and you know, it, 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 I really find this one surprising. A lot of people that I, I taste this one with find it surprising that it's it's as high proof as it is, but it doesn't taste it doesn't drink that way. Right, it's got a lot less burn for the proof than you would you know you might uh, see out of other things that are similarly proofed. Yeah, I, if I would have had to guess, I would have said it was closer to 90 than 100. Any other notes you're getting? Um, I got a lot of caramel, like dark fruit on the nose, but the marzipan, since whenever you said it, it's uh, marzipan. Can't get it out. It's like almond, yeah. It, it's definitely and different. And this is than also the first three one. days. Oh, very different. Yeah. There's no floral to no. me on this one. And that's something you know we 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 take very seriously, right? Our our name bespoken comes from the ability, obviously, to to create tailored or, or custom you know bespoken products, and we believe very very seriously about everybody has their own tastes, right? And they know what they like and they know what they don't like. And rather than trying to get people to conform to you know, one particular product and say, this is the best and the only one, we have a portfolio of products. And again, the four that we've chosen to, to, to sample with you today are really representative of the range of what we can offer so that you know, when we do a tasting, not everybody's going to like the same one, but everybody's going to like one of them. And we really take a lot of pride and joy out of seeing that there's always something that somebody latches onto as a favorite. Even between Martin and myself, we're like, polar opposites, right? He's the material scientist and he's a, a food and beverage, you know, aficionado. I'm the business guy and I've got that every man's palate, right? So I, I tend to gravitate towards the sweeter end of the portfolio like this one. He tends to gravitate towards the more nuanced and, and, uh, and um, uh, I don't know, how would you describe your favorite one, Martin? Sophisticated? <laughs> well, <maybe? laughs> Thank you. That sounds good. I, like I, was, I, I, I didn't want to call you a snob. snobby. <laughs> I just did. It's okay. 
<laughs> somehow, I don't know why, but my friends keep saying that. And then as, as AA asked, how, how long has this one been matured? If, if actually also, like, I believe everything we're tasting today was actually three days. Now, do, do you guys ever mature anything older than that? Or is it typically three days? Yeah, yeah, no. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 depending, depending really on the recipe, and then depending a lot as we're gonna get to the straight right later on, right here we had to start. So as Stu mentioned, our customers, right? So many times we we get spirit that was already matured for, I think the longest we ever got was something nine years where the customer wasn't happy with it when it came out of the barrel, and rather than putting it back in the barrel and kind of again crossing fingers and hoping. Right, we then tailor the spirits to 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 the profile that they are that they are interested in, because very often you don't really know what you're gonna get right after a couple of years, and the only option you have is put it back if you don't like it yet. So we're typically not doing any more than three to five days of of yeah. our magic to the the spirit, but as Martin said, we we can start with spirits that have been aged before we get to them, so that we can cross thresholds for what we can call different things and different places around the world and then still add all of our value on top of that that foundation because we can take something that's two year, been two years aged that therefore can be called a straight bourbon um but make it you know much better than what you would typically find from a you know just a two-year-old bourbon now so do you guys typically you know use something already kind of created or do you use kind of what you call the most might think of like the white dog or the white white dog. Yeah, um, um, you know, is that kind of how you start, or is it? Just yeah, we are not. We are not a distiller, mm -hmm. so we always source the the the, the, the distillate, whether mm -hmm. it's uh, for our products or for you know when we're working with customers, we're typically using their source spirit, and then we do our our work on top of it to get the the desired result that we're we're looking for. Yeah, and the two spirits you tasted so far all started from a white dog. Okay. Okay. And do you only do like American whiskey, any like malted barley, single malt kind of white dog? I don't know yeah, if it's called no, white no. dog and like malted <laughs> barley. <laughs> Our focus has uh, clearly been American uh, style whiskeys, but we've done malted. Uh, actually, our malt whiskey won a double gold in San Francisco. We've yeah, New, done, York. Uh, New York last month. Sorry, New York. So in New York last month, uh, we had a, we had a uh, agave-based spirit, we can't call it tequila, that one won double gold in San Francisco, right? Yep. Yeah. And we've also made uh, brandies. Uh, we, have a, we have a beautiful rum uh, that was sourced. Uh, the, the sugar cane came from U.S. Virgin Islands and then was distilled with a partner distillery down in down in Southern California. So, yeah, we can, we can apply the, the principles on, on oh, any type of, of any type of spirit. How about wine? It takes us a couple of learning cycles. <laughs> is it just spirits or are you also looking to do it maturation for wine as well? Like grape? Because you so said technology brandy itself about... really applies to anything that's barrel aged, right? So spirits, wine, gotcha. soy sauce, vinegar. I mean, you yeah. name it. But as a company, we focused on spirits because obviously you can, uh, you can work on them year round. Um, and it's a massive market in its own right. And less effort, it seems like less science and, and, and energy has gone into maturation of spirits than has gone into maturation of wine historically. Gotcha. Interesting, interesting. And I, I guess, you know, we, we've talked about it so much, but how much, you know, when we talk about, or as I've learned, you know, science goes into everything with, with whiskey and and any distilling or brewing, I mean, there, there's just so much more than just, you know, throw it in a pot and it all, all turns out great. Um, I mean, how is there extra steps with what, where you guys are kind of doing, uh, you know, a different process? I mean, because you kind of talked about you, you're flipping it kind of inside out, so to speak. So, I mean, does that change yeah. the science of, of how you go about things? Well, it doesn't change the science per se, but what I like to say is what our process uses a lot less time but it requires more effort. It, it, it's more painstaking in the short period of time that we're doing things because you know, what we're really doing is, is rather than using one barrel, right? To, to, to throw a spirit into where wood being a natural occurring element, you never know what you're gonna get and what ratios or combinations and it's never consistent. What we do is we build a mixture 
that we handcraft for each recipe of what we call micro staves. And a micro stave is a small piece of wood. It's roughly 125 thousandth the size of a barrel. So maybe half the size of your little finger. And it's sourced from the oh, same right. kind of stave that people build barrels out of. But what happens is because it's so small, it's a lot more precise in what elements of the wood each micro stave brings to our recipe or not. Whereas again, in, in a barrel, you get some of what you want, some of what you don't want. By us hand selecting the micro staves that we want to use for a given recipe, we're getting just what we want. And what we'll do is we'll hand craft a mixture of, of these micro staves. For one recipe, it might be all American oak. For another recipe, we might mix some American oak with some French oak with some cherry, for instance. So what we're doing is we're very painstakingly sourcing our staves, turning them into micro staves, characterizing them for the elements of wood, of the wood that they have in them or don't have them in them, and then building mixtures of different types and quantities and ratios for the results that we want. And then once we've painstakingly crafted that, that blend, we then have the levers of toast and char that we can add to the equation. Where again, contrasting to the old method where you have high, medium, and low, and they're never well-defined and they're never consistent. Uh, we have tremendous granularity on our toast and char. We can do it to individual staves or groups of staves. We can do it at different surfaces, at different temperatures for different durations in different air mixtures and humidities and so forth and so on. And all these levers of the micro staves and the toast and the char, and then the environmental settings in the machine for temperature, pressure, et cetera, give us 20 billion plus combinations we can use in crafting our recipes. And that's the foundation of how we can craft individual, you know, sensory profiles for based on what we're, we're trying to achieve. God bless science. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. 20 billion. That's a lot of combinations. And by the way, one of the biggest you know, benefits of this approach is because we're just using you know, a smaller number of these micro staves um, and we're doing it so quickly, our process is far more sustainable than the old you know, barrel aging model. Now we're typically using 97% less wood, 99% less energy, and at least 20% less water than the traditional methods. Um, and so that, you know, that certainly appeals to the uh, today's modern consumer, as well as the, uh, the taste and the, uh, the profile. That, that's awesome. And then, you know, as we, we move along on, on the, the number, you know, we have a couple more to get to. This one is a, a double gold uh, from the San Francisco World Spirits Com um, Competition. This is gray label. I can correctly tell colors now. <laughs> uh, this is the straight bourbon. It's the first time that we've had one that you guys can call a bourbon. Uh, you know, so it's aged at least 24 months. Can you talk a little bit about it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So exactly. So we we we, we purchased barrels that were 24 uh, months old, and and the purpose of this was kind of to be able to compete with the big guys, right? When you go to the competitions, it's when you kind of look at least American whiskey, right? It's it's all about the straight bourbons, right? And we wanted to see if we apply our process to something that was that was uh, matured for only two years, which as you probably know, not a lot of uh, people really bottle, bottle at that age, right? especially not the, not the, not the more established uh, people. And then apply our process to see, to see what, we can, what we can do. And yeah, this was our first submission of the spirit and it won a double gold. We didn't even have it at the market at the time. And we got calls and calls and calls after that. Where's the straight bourbon? Where's the straight bourbon? So we so we had to hustle and make it. And again, so two years in a barrel, uh, three days um, applying our 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 process. I was gonna say oh, that's wow. a, it's yeah. a it's a good thing you have that quick process. Then as long as you had all, all the barrels, yeah. right? <laughs> that, that type that's of uh, need. yeah, like oh, come back two years later, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess that's the beauty of it. You can predict demand yeah. that and way react, at that short react, cycle. React to demand, yeah. Right, react. If some, suddenly people fall in love with rum next month, right? We can make a rum. And, and again, just to reiterate, what really surprises a lot of people is to realize that that straight bourbon that you're tasting and the first Japanese-style whiskey that you, you tasted come from the same white spirit the, from the same mash bill yeah yeah the same mash bill and, and that was the high high rye mash bill that's right yeah 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 so yeah the 21 rye so wait i, I forgot to say this sourced from actually from mgp 
So again, the only, you know, the, the, the main difference between those two profiles is the different wood mixture, microstave mixture that we crafted for it. And then the, you know, how we control the toast and the char in the environment. And that is able to take this, this foundation and make it, you know, more of a floral aromatic Japanese style whiskey or make it more of a vanilla caramel bourbon whiskey. Wow, this is this is a good one. Thank like it's yeah, this is a good one. Um, it has a lot of nuances that I would think um, like a straight bourbon whiskey would have, but it also has like that vanilla, caramel, cinnamon, and also dark fruits. Um, it's really good. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely get ninety-four a proof. Yeah. Yeah, we bottled it at 94 proof. That was, uh, we talked a lot about chemical fingerprinting, right? but we also have an internal and an external uh, tasting panel. And people who are from the industry have written books about bourbon and all kinds of things. And that was the, that was the proof that they, that they settled on. One thing that is also different from what we do compared to, compared to the industry, other than if you really go for, for, for the whiskey that comes straight up out of the barrel is that our maturation process we do it at the proof that we bottled so not like many people in the industry we don't dilute it down with water right because as you know you, oh, okay. you kind of you kind of put it in the barrel typically right a bourbon 125 proof and then depending on how many years you had it in there it probably ends if you take it could get it could get up to a one forty proof right and then gets diluted down with water right, to get to your 90, 90 proof. And, and, and we don't do that. And that way we can also really tailor and adjust the spirit exactly to the, to the flavor profile that we want to. That's pretty cool to not dilute it and you already know what kind of proof yeah. you're going to get at the end. Oh yeah. When, when, really I, when, when I tell some of my friends, they're always shocked when I tell them, you know, this expensive bottle, half of it is tap water. <laughs> that that <laughs> is like, true. Oh, no, no, no. Don't say this. No, no, no. <laughs> and obviously without, without the... Angel share, you're, you're, you're keeping 20% more of your spirit than you would otherwise have, have lost over, <laughs> over your maturation Correct. process. Those are too. Correct. It does say colored and flavored. What does that mean by color? Yeah, that's that's thanks to the TTB, right? So we don't add any any color other than yeah. The TTB required us to do this, even though we only use wood, right? And you never know what the TTB asks you to do, right? But yeah, there's no there okay. are no color additives. Everything is just like Stu said, right? It's the spirit and the wood, right? And the TTB required us to call it that way which kind of annoys us a little gotcha. bit the colored part at, at least right but yeah nothing we but can we, well, we 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 comply it's interesting within our portfolio we actually have three different bourbons right we have one that's actually we, we can't call a bourbon it's called whiskey distilled from bourbon mash that's our black label because it hasn't spent you know the the requisite time in a in a new oak barrel and then we've got our bourbon which is the kentucky blue bottle um and that one has spent three months in a barrel before we did our, our magic to it. And then we have the straight bourbon, which you're tasting, which spent 24 months in the barrel before we, uh, we do our magic to it. Chris, what are you thinking down there? Uh, I mean, would, would you assume two, two year old uh, uh, juice? Uh, I mean, it's I, if you would have gave this to me blind, I probably would have said maybe four ish you know i definitely think it tastes a little bit older than what it is um which is good i mean it's it's very flavorful for two years you know nice hints of caramel cinnamon it uh it's it's definitely surprising for sure yeah i think it's to me it's pretty pretty flavorful i get a lot of the kind of like ace it's some of that dark fruit which is right up my alley that's that's kind of where where i i live in in, in my favorite go-to two pours um, but yeah, I, I mean, if you, you blind blinded me this, I would not say two, which I'm going to attribute to that maturation mm -hmm. process where you're able to bring out the, the kind of flavors that all, all of us are looking for. That's cool. Now, now how did you just a question? Oh, go for it. Eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Just a question in terms of like, cause I see that there's batch number here. Do you mm -hmm. guys have kind of standard batch profile for each one of these or is each 
kind of you're going to be a little bit variety. No, the beauty the beauty is okay. with the with the process, right? With being being able to control all the input variables, right? You won't be able to tell a difference from batch to batch, unless it's intentionally. Okay. And and there might be we like for instance, this the special batch is something where we are intending to release something different next year, right? Again, something special, different. But yeah, no. Ah, like the pink one that we tried is different. Yeah per year yeah. that's why it's called oh okay that's cool that's cool thank you and, and you, you guys talk about winning awards how, how nice is it to i mean obviously at the end of the day everyone wants or at least hopes their their work gets you know noticed um, whether that's through the people buying it which is is the, truthfully the key to it all but also when others in the industry recognize it um i mean that has to be pretty cool especially you know for something like say the you know, the straight bourbon, the gray label, because I mean, that one you're going up against more probably what would be the common uh, type of whiskey that people are, are entering, you know, some of the other ones, the special batch, the light whiskey might not be as big of a category, but the straight bourbon, I mean, that's probably what everyone's got one of. Yeah. And as you know, you can't get better than a double gold right, in those competitions. So that was, that was, that was of course fantastic. But I think, I think, I still think back the, when our we call this the original uh, our, our very first bottling the black the black uh, the black bottle and uh, this was very early on in the company but we kind of knew we had to we had to get a label and everything to be able to put it to put it into competitions and we had submitted it in I think it was both like around around summertime and within 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 two weeks we got one gold medal in the first competition and we're like oh my god right and then literally two weeks later we got another gold medal in gold medal in 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 New York and I think I think at that point it was for us like oh my god right we we are not maybe we are not too biased right it seems like people because always it's always tough right you you have your tastings with people and everybody likes it and probably no better so this 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 was amazing and i remember the yeah, i won't i won't forget the day where we got our first medal no it was also very important <laughs> for us because you know as you said earlier in the in the in this uh in this call uh jonathan what we do is different mm-hmm. right and so when you tell somebody what we do the first reaction is usually one of awe and wow and excitement and then the next reaction is well can it really be any good why should i believe it and unfortunately, the reality of, of human beings is if you have somebody taste it after you've told them that, they're biased, right? And, 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 mm-hmm. but, if, but in a blind tasting, in a competition where none of that is, is known, that's where you get the real results. So we felt it was really important to go to competition to see and to validate that we could produce premium quality products. And then when we got repeat medals and then when we got it for everything that we made, Right. What's really exciting here is, is we're not a one trick pony, right? Every whiskey we've made has, has gotten, you know, you know, gold medals and in, in prestigious competitions. Um, and our other spirits, our rums, our gins, our brandies, our tequilas, our, I'm sorry, agave spirits, um, you know, have also, you know, won our, our malt have, have also won these, these medals. And, and that for us is the real ultimate validation when you take the, the story out of the equation and just let the, the taste buds do the talking. I was going to, I mean, you kind of lead into a perfect question because I, I was going to ask this. I mean, how difficult is it, you know, when, when someone looks at this and they see, you know, it doesn't technically say bourbon, it says American light whiskey, or it says, mm-hmm. um, you know, distilled from a, a mash bill because you guys are not allowed, uh, depending on what country it's in or, or where, where it's at, you know, there's very strict things, you know, you know, tequila has got to be done down in you know, you know, in, in the tequila region of Mexico, cognac and, and France, things like that. I mean, is that difficult when, cause you talk about how, you know, there's kind of that weird bias um, when you, when so you tell someone all this cool stuff, but I also got to feel like there's a bias when someone sees, you know, aged for three months or here, here's that it's matured for three days. Cause like you said, everyone assumes, well, that can't be good because that's not what we've been taught quote unquote taught to think. Yeah, I, I think if that's your first and only exposure, right, if your first and only exposure is you see the bottle on the shelf and you read, you know, whatever qualifiers we're forced to put on from the TTB, 
that may cause questions. And that's one of the reasons why we're getting out and telling people the story and, and, and doing tastings and doing flights and things like that is because if you hear the story first and then you go in and you see it on the shelf, it's a, it's a very different experience. And that's, that's certainly what we're, we're looking to capitalize on. One of the things we're, we're, we believe though is, is, and you guys probably you know, have seen this or are, are certainly well aware of it, is there's a shifting demographic happening within the spirits industry, right? Whereas five, 10 years ago, the major main consumer of spirits was, was your baby boomer, right? Today, you've got a more modern millennial Gen Z centric consumer of spirits. And this generation doesn't want to drink the same things that their, their daddy drank, if you could pardon the expression, right? In fact, if, if they know that their daddy drank a brand, they're not going anywhere near that, that brand. They also, they also tend to be less brand loyal and they tend to, to be more tech savvy and care about causes like climate change. Uh, they want variety and value. And that's really a, a lot of the ethos that we really tap into. In fact, one of the reasons we created this range of products, as I said earlier, was so we have something for everyone. But the other thing we did is in addition to the 750 milliliter bottles that we now have, we started out originally with just 375 milliliter bottles. And I don't know which one you guys actually have, but the value of the 375 milliliter bottles is we allow customers for the same price they would pay for one big bottle of something else to try two of ours and try some of that variety, taste the, you know, the, the special batch alongside the bourbon and, and be blown away by that, you know, that, wow, that same source can go in, in these two different directions or try the American light with the, uh, the rye and, and, and see sweet and, and, and spicy. And, you know, and, and, you know, that's really the, the, that experience and that, that modern consumer is really kind of a lot of the ethos that, uh, that we've built the, uh, the brand for. Uh, I, I like that. And, and you mentioned the rye. We'll, we'll go to our last one, the green label. I see I'm, I'm, I'm paying attention now. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the rye? Yes. I have to admit that is my favorite from the, from, from the ones that you had. Can't, can't, can't wait to hear what you guys think. So again, we started with, uh, with, uh, with a distillate um, uh, that we actually got from, got from, got from MGP. Um, MGP. We did buy uh, new fill barrels in this in this case, and by the time we get them, we then put them into into our activator. So they're somewhere around three months three months old. The spirit, same thing like for bourbon as yes, you know, right? You have to uh, mature it or age it in in new American charred oak barrels, so you can call it a rye whiskey. So in this case, also also three months. It's um it's the it's the famous uh, ninety five uh, rye five malt from malt from MGP. And we and we bottled this one also at uh, 50 50% alcohol, 100% proof. And this spirit won best in category at the at the World Whiskey Awards in the UK, and also won best in category actually just at the at the yeah, at the World Spirits and Wine Competition in in New York two weeks ago. And wow! Congrats! I I love the nose. I, I just. People always tell me I shouldn't put my big nose in the little tiny glass, but I just I just do it anyway because that's how I like it. And I just can nose the spirit all day because it's yeah, I, I think it's so rich and and then hopefully you'll also agree also on the on the palate. It just lasts for for eternity. I was gonna say it yeah, definitely has is... that that rye. Yeah. There is no mint though whatsoever in the in the rye. Interesting. Um, and I get tobacco, by the because way. Because yeah, because I never get the mint too. But there's so many people who say, "Oh my God, it's so minty, it's so minty." Yeah, we hear <laughs> oh, oh, spearmint a lot from people when they uh, when they taste this one. Yeah. Or smell this one. Excuse me. Definitely kind of some tobacco on the back end though. Mm -hmm. yeah i get that tobacco bitterness and it's like oh wow i don't really usually get tobacco like tobacco leaves in which is kind of odd but it, there's like something floral as well in the palate this is a nice rye actually it's nice body to it too it's like a good like fall sipper yeah, it, it's not very spicy yeah. Wow, this is this might be my favorite because I was thinking like which ones of this my favorite? The special batch is like really good, by the way. I really like that. And I think the rye, like, my, this is good. Beautiful nose. You're allowed to have two favorites. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are, are you sure it's not like kids and they're just all your favorite? I mean. No, anybody be who has right? kids know that they're not all your favorite. 
I played the fifth, although technically I only have one so far. So we're, yeah. but, but uh, I, you know, as, as we're drinking the rye, you know, I also want to, how did you two meet? Cause Martin, you know, you come from, I, mean, I know you both ended up in the Silicon Valley area. You both live there, but you know, Martin, you kind of come from overseas, you know, the Czech Republic, Germany to here, uh, you know, Stu, you're an entrepreneur, you know, Martin, you're a scientist. How did, how, did was this just at a whiskey club? All of a sudden you both found out you like things or, or was it just by pure luck or what? Stu, go ahead. Yeah, no, we, we actually first met each other 15 years ago. We, we worked for the same company, which was another sustainably focused company, which was a, a fuel cell company called, called Bloom Energy. And at Bloom, Martin ran kind of the hardcore technology development and I ran the, uh, the marketing and, and uh, business development functions. And uh, we, you know, had uh, you know, worked together for a number of years. And as you know, through that, that work experience, we started a regular kind of Saturday morning, get out of the house, hit a few golf balls kind of thing with a few friends. Um, and, you know, just kind of kept that going. And one day about four or five years ago, Martin pitched me the idea. And I just, I just fell in love with it because, you know, if you, if you think about it, if you think about, you know, building a, a company and a business, obviously you want to be excited about the space and, you know, being folks that uh, love, love spirits. It was, you know, it's great to, to apply all the lessons we learned in Silicon Valley to that. But, you know, perhaps more importantly, you know, what you look for is you look for a massive market to address and, you know, spirits are, spirits are a half a trillion dollar a year global market. You look for a market that's ripe for change and disruption, and whether it's because of climate change or because of the changing demographic or because of the impacts of, of COVID-19, the spirits industry is certainly ripe for, for, for change. Um, you look for a technology that's differentiable with which to disrupt, and, and certainly this technology that we've invented is really a, a game changer. And then last but not least, you look for a mission like sustainability to make it a, a passion project and not just a... Uh, an interesting business. And, you know, with all those things and in, in bespoken, it was just a no brainer. And so we started talking and developing the idea and Martin went to work in his garage and started the company and the rest is history. And still friends. Most of the time. <laughs> That's like awesome. I said before, we're like the, the yin and the yang. We're, uh, we're, we're very different. He's, you know, he's European. I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm American. He's a material scientist. I'm a business guy. He's the foodie and beverage guy, and I'm the everyman's palate. But it, it gives us very complementary skills in running the business, and it also gives us a very broad palate in terms of building products for different demographics and different consumers. And as I said earlier, that's what we strive to do within our portfolio is have something for, uh, for everybody. That well sounds. We don't agree, but we trust each other. That helps a lot. <laughs> I, I like that and I, I, I've let the, the rye sit for a little bit a couple ice cubes in there and uh, to me it's it's opened it up a little bit for, for me and, and my mm -hmm. palate I, it's yeah that wasn't what I was expecting when I did that it's like Chris. drinking black tea <laughs> no, I um I definitely think the rye the rye might be my favorite out of the bunch. Um, okay. and then probably the special batch, then the straight, and then maybe the light whiskey. That'd be probably my order. I was gonna say I I wasn't high on the rye until I added the the ice cubes, but now um it's either that or the straight bourbon. But you know that 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 says a lot that you're able to kind of for me you know get two different um varieties that I'm, I'm kind of battling back and forth on, on, on what I enjoy, enjoy more. And as Stu said, I can like them both. And I, and I do, uh, a Chris, any, any other questions, you know, as we kind of wind down our, our night here? Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good. I just, I love that. It's, it's just kind of like technology and whiskey meshing together, you know, it's awesome. Hey, yeah, I would say <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm very impressed truthfully because I came to tonight or afternoon or morning, whatever, uh, just kind of with an open mind, but also half my like I, I love whiskey and I love the arts and crafts of whiskey, but I, I'm also in like I love technology, science, using data, big analytics, uh, and I it's very impressive what you guys are doing in terms of kind of 
making the products. I mean, I would love to learn more. And I think there are a couple of things I could read up online in terms of the technology. And I think that's what I'll be doing. But truthfully, I've been very impressed, especially like I just pour a little bit more of the special batch. That special batch is truly very interesting because like it it's very floral, very fruity candy, like candy thing. Um, very sippable. Like I would say it's a summer sipper, spring sipper, but it's a beautiful like pink color too, which is like, I think it's appropriate. So I, I think you guys are doing the right thing here. It's just, I think uh, for people who loves whiskey or connoisseur or snobs, like really, like, I think it would, you have to keep an open mind in terms of like all this new disrupt. I mean, cause you guys are doing disrupting like the mm-hmm. industry pretty much with this technology and, and, that's something to be said for a for an industry that is baby boomers um, and you know like that. My dad drinks Jack Daniels kind of thing, and I'm gonna be drinking Jack Daniels or Wild Turkey. And um, the products that you guys are putting in definitely speaks for itself. And truly, um, I'm impressed. Thank you. Yeah. No. I and it and it's weird too because you know like I. Uh, where I've dove, dove into this now for about a, a year and a half doing the podcast and, and just getting into bourbon more than I did before. You know, you hear a lot of, you know, there's, there, there's a lot of different folks trying different things to speed up the process. Um, you know, and some work kind of, you know, like people go, well, they're not, they're, they're getting there. They're, you know, it's, it's okay. You know, I, you know, they're, that are doing those quick three or three month maturation processes and different things uh, but truthfully what you guys are doing is, is very impressive because like i said if you blinded me with some of these i i would never know that you know that they were three days of maturation or or even that it's a two-year-old bourbon uh, technically you know by technical standards but it's you know something completely different and as a said that goes back to what you guys are doing with that coming up with new releases what can you say what can you not say how does that work i mean do you guys kind of have a set thing you know like you know how some of the big boys you know they, the antique collection just came out for some i mean do you guys have like set releases or or is it just kind of what what ends up clicking at the right time yeah i mean it's it's, it's more the latter and obviously we don't want to 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 steal any of our, our future thunder we did just roll out the the 750 milliliter packaging so that's a a relatively new new addition for us, and the straight bourbon is, as you heard earlier, is a relatively new addition to our portfolio as well. After it uh, did so well in competition earlier this year, so those are the the newest uh, members of the portfolio, and we'll stay mum on what's uh, what's to come for the uh, for the time built being. By the way, for anybody who's interested in either learning more, as Ariella uh, talked about earlier, or finding uh, retailers or e-tailers where they could uh, get our products, uh, you could go to bespokenspirits.com. Um, there's lots of good information on there. Um, and also check out our Instagram at bespoken spirits. Well, Stu, Martin, I I truly appreciate y'all coming on folks. If you're listening, don't forget to give us a nice review on your favorite podcast player. Also find us at hopspirits.com and on social media at hop spirits, all one word on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. We're also on YouTube as well, where you can watch episodes like this instead of listening. Uh, Ariella, Chris, Stu, Martin, thank you all so much for, for being part of this. Thank, thank you. you, guys. Thank you. Enjoyed the time. Yeah.